So we are continuing to talk about baptisms. <clears throat> this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, as, we, as described, uh, we, we started talking about this, well, a few weeks ago, we talked about water baptism. And then we're talking about baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire as on the day of Pentecost. All right. When, go, when God said that he would pour out his spirit uh, on all flesh. And I was looking that up just this morning how that is worded in the Greek. And it actually says that God says, I will pour out the spirit of me. That's pretty awesome. On all flesh. And so this is the, a baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, by the, by the Holy Spirit upon us to do the works of God, to have the power of God, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to live the life that he's called us mm -hmm. to live. And, uh, I want to read as we begin and then just pray. I'm going to read from, well, it's a prophecy from Joel, but it's also from the book of Acts. So hopefully you brought your Bible with you this morning. Um, this is Peter speaking. Whenever the day of Pentecost came. Tell us where it is. Acts chapter 2. That helps, yeah. Don't you know this by now? I do. <laughs> I know it, but. I love it. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Verse 16, this is Peter. He gets up and he's explaining what is happening as the people, the Jews in the area were hearing these people speak in other tongues, other languages that they did not know, but the, peop but the listeners understood what they were saying. Mm -hmm. And so it was a supernatural experience. It's, the Bible calls it the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And Peter gets up and he says, this is the beginning, verse 16, of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. This is the beginning. And it shall come to pass in the last days, verse 17, says God, <clears throat> that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he's still doing it. Yes. We are in the last days. This is 2,000 years later. But this is, we are living in the last days. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and i will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vaporous smoke verse 20 the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the lord and it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the lord shall be saved and so we are living in the last days. Yes. God has poured out the very spirit of himself upon all flesh for anybody who's open with a desire to want more of God. And it does take faith to do that. It takes, it takes desire on our part. God is a perfect gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He will not force himself upon you. But he will come upon the person who says, yes. Come into my temple. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want to do. Yes. And so there, there, we mentioned baptism. We call this the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are three baptisms in Scripture. You know, the, the, the one when you're born again, you are baptized, it says, into one body, into the very Spirit of Christ. So we are baptized universally into one spirit in the body of Christ. And there's water baptism where after you're born again, born of the Spirit, then we should all be water mm -hmm. baptized. It's a public declaration of your faith in Jesus and your desire to live for him. 
So it's important. If you've not been water baptized, you should be water baptized. Yes. And then this is, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire. And this is what we're talking about. The Jesus said, I, John the Baptist said, he, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And we talked a little bit about the effects of fire in our life. So this is not just an experience where people talk about speaking in tongues. There is the evidence of that. But the manifestation and the effect of it in your life right. is far deeper than that. Yes. It's not some badge of super spirituality. Well, have you been, do you speak in tongues? Well, you don't, and I do, as though it's some kind of, you're, you're higher spiritually. It's not that at all. It is really a gift for everyone to receive, for anyone who opens up their heart uh, and desire. And we're going to explain a little bit more of this next week about mm -hmm. the public uh, gift of tongues and the private prayer language of tongues, because that, can, that needs explanation. But we are seeking not just the manifestation of praying in the Spirit, as wonderful and as powerful as that is. We're seeking more, I can't say that enough, of Jesus in our life. Right. Whatever he wants to do, the gifts that he wants to bring forth, the places he wants you to go, the things, that, you know, the, the things he wants you to do to, to, to uh, be a blessing to people. And we realize there are questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues. There's maybe some confusion or even fear over it, depending on what you've been taught, depending on your past church experience. Mm -hmm. But if you would really do an honest search of Scripture, the New clear. Testament is really quite clear about it. I don't really know where the confusion is, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, we were blessed by not having been taught anything about it before we heard about it. So when you just looked in scripture, it was all pretty plain. There wasn't a mental block about, well, this is because it's been taught mm -hmm. in churches that these supernatural gifts have ceased when the last apostle died, or it's been taught that, oh, you're going to open yourself up to the, to the demonic. But that's really what, when you think about it, just what the devil would want you to believe, because it's quite the opposite. <laughs> you're opening yourself up to more of God, and God is supernatural. Yes. He's bigger than our little, I say pea brain, you know, the, as much as we can understand. He's far greater than that. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit, often, I believe it does open up our eyes Guaranteed. to the greater things of God. And the Apostle Paul wrote, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that we should earnestly desire the gifts. So we, there you go, he's telling us, no, you should desire them and pray for them in your life. And he also said, I wish that you would... Uh, all might speak in tongues, and that I speak in tongues more than you all. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Jesus says the Holy Spirit is will guide us into all truth. Yeah. If He's going to guide us into all truth, then how did it come about that? Oh, it's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to keep explaining that this is a gift subsequent to salvation. That's right. That we are born of the Spirit. Yes, we all, if you're born of, the, born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's right. But this is a greater working of the Holy Spirit is what this is. So people will say, didn't I get all of the Holy Spirit? Well, you got the Holy Spirit. But I believe that there are, there are parts of the gifts of who he is that just lay dormant in us. Or that we never seek by faith and so we never discover them. But it's not anything demonic and the gifts right. haven't ceased. Jesus said this, like... He's, I think it was addressing people's fear of who the Holy Spirit is because he said, ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open. And this is up on PowerPoint, verse 11. He said, this is Jesus speaking, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? 
Or if they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more mm. will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Yeah, there you go. How much more? So we are seeking more of the Holy Spirit in our life. More boldness. More courage to step out and pray for people. Mm -hmm. More devotion to Christ. There's nothing to be afraid of and everything to gain. Amen. And, of course, on the, in the day of Pentecost, in the book of Acts, there was a, about 120, it said, in that upper room. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. Yeah. She's a tongue talker. She's a tongue talker. <laughs> <laughs> there are other women there, it says. It said the brothers of Jesus were there. And, by the way, the brothers of Jesus, until his resurrection, were not followers of him. But they were right. convinced after they saw him rise from the grave and come back. And there were other followers, and it said they were in all one accord in that upper room. They had faith. They were waiting. They weren't sure how it was all going to manifest. But Jesus commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until you're empowered right. by the Holy Spirit, endued with power. And on the day of Pentecost, he came, poured out. See, that was what I just read at the beginning. He was poured out on all flesh. He came into that room like a mighty rushing wind. I don't know what that must have been like, but you can imagine it must have felt like. What would that have? How would that be if he came like that now this morning? <laughs> yeah. And then these tongues of fire just I'm supernaturally. <laughs> You're watching them rest on everybody's head, and all of a sudden, people are speaking in other tongues. And so again, you can imagine Peter explains this, but he says in Acts two thirty eight, Peter said this gift was for you, <clears throat> because he's explaining what happened. And this is what's true for us today. This gift is for you. It's for your children and to all who are far away. And for as many as our Lord bids to come to himself. There you go. There's so you the see, qualification. He's calling you to himself. He's saying, do you want to know more of me? Do you want filled with more of me? That's and 3,000 people heard that that day. 3,000 people were saved. That's a pretty awesome in one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God for that. I suppose if uh, there was a uh, mighty rushing wind in here and it shook this building, I think people would notice. Amen. And then as, as, well, especially yeah. if we, we would then step into the boldness that the Holy Spirit gives to us. Uh, that's that's the key is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't necessarily speaking in tongues. And this is the focus of what is it. It's making room for the Holy Spirit. To have his way in your life yeah. completely. Which is what we're going to take a look at some today in the book of Acts. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the difference in these people. And, the, you know, after the day of Pentecost, there was a great boldness out of the disciples. Amazing boldness out of the disciples. And then there was this great fear of God that kept manifesting through the believers. And it was awesome to a place where the miraculous was starting to happen. And if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's just an avenue that the Holy Ghost himself opens up your experiences to expect a little bit more in the spirit realm. Yeah. Expect the miracles. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to expect something before it to happen. Yes. This is faith. This yes. is what we, you have to have the faith to be able to bring these things to yeah. pass. You know, there was, they're preaching bold. They're preaching extremely bold. If you read the first uh, couple chapters in the book of Acts, they are bold as you can say. 
They're, they're in the face bold. <laughs> we're going to take a look at some of this here. But the miracles were performed that were amazing. Yeah. And there was just signs, wonders, all done in the name of Jesus. And even as persecution was happening, they didn't back down. Yeah. They kept becoming more bold, more straight out and forward. And like the scripture says, there Acts, there's 3,000 added to the church. And then we, we see the gifts absolutely in manifestation, miracle after miracle. You take a look at Acts chapter 3. Uh, Peter and John are going into the temple, and it is the, the third hour of the day, which is uh, about 3 o'clock. Yeah, I think 3 in the afternoon. Uh, it's the time of prayer. They're walking into the gate beautiful, it's called, and there happened to be a lame man there begging alms. The Bible declares that he was there daily. They laid him there daily. So if they laid him there daily, Jesus had to have passed him by. Daily. Well, he's asking for something. He's asking for alms. And he's looking at Peter and John. And they said, look upon us. And so the Bible, again, here's something important. Looked and gave his attention, expecting to receive something. Peter says, silver and gold I have not. But what I have is much better than just silver and gold. <laughs> and so this guy instantly strengthened his ankles and his legs. He's going into the temple now, shouting, could you imagine if that was you? Forty years this guy was. Lame. No, Now he's jumping and shouting, screaming and yelling, praising God. And so that caused quite a stir in the temple. Yeah. And so everybody's coming on, what's the noise? What's this? I mean, in some churches, if you sneeze, you know, everybody looks around. What's that? <laughs> Here's a man that's just been freed by a remarkable miracle. And so everybody's gathering around. What is going on? What's going on? And Peter takes the opportunity. You know, we always say Peter. He's always sticking his foot in his mouth. But Peter's bold. After, after Pentecost, it yes. seems to have changed. <laughs> really, because that's the courage that came about. Because he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And so he's preaching a message to the people that are listening. He's saying, hey, why do you think that we did anything here? And then he goes on to say, it's this Jesus Christ whom you helped crucify. He's in your face. He's not saying, oh, will you please believe in him? He said, no, you murdered the prince of life. You asked for a murderer to be returned to you. And he's saying, it's in his name, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that this man stands before you, strengthened and healed. And then he gives an altar call. This is where people start coming in, 3,000 people. Because here's something that is a danger to us. These people's hearts were not so calloused that they were care less about their sin. You know, it's going to take in the latter days, it's going to take quite a bit for people to acknowledge that they've, they're sinful. Yeah. And, and this is something that 
you uh, just, this is part of the message, but this is how I pray. I pray, Lord, I'm asking you to cause my conscience to be tender. To be tender. Because the Bible declares that we can sear our conscience. And if we do that, then even the power of the Holy Ghost will not break through. Because like Pastor Mamie said, he's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. He's waiting for the invitation. So these Jews, they, they, they hear Peter's bold preaching. And so they come to him, they come and get saved. And it's such a commotion. Then all of a sudden, okay, the big guy's in charge of everything saying something's going on in the church. I think it was more than somebody sneezing. (laughs) (laughs) So they come, they find out what the commotion is. And then they actually uh, arrest Peter and John. They arrest him. And so because it's toward the end of the day, they put him in jail, put him in jail. And then they're, they're going back to the place where they come back and they're starting to get questioned. They're getting questioned. And he's, again, boldness on Peter's part. It says he was filled, yeah, with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, he was already filled, remember? But the Bible says, be being filled. And a lot of times when you find in the New Testament here, when the people are filled with the Holy Spirit, boldness and courage breaks forth. And they're more powerful in their speaking. And this is what Peter said when the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they said, what were you doing? And how did this guy get healed? And what's the matter with you guys? How come this is happening? And I love what he says. Peter says this in Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. It says, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name and this man stands before you in good health. And they're not done. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which has become the chief cornerstone. And I love this thing. And there is salvation in no other name. No other name under heaven that has been given among men which we could be saved. Despite the threats, they went back to their own group. And they were praying. They're, they're praying. And could you imagine what's going on back there? They're praying. They're one accord. Remember the Bible says they're one accord. They're excited about the things of God. They're anticipating God to move in a greater way. And the, verse 31, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued with boldness and courage. Yeah. I, I like verse 19 in that chapter. Oh, come on. Because they told them, do not speak anything more about this name. That's right. Don't and, say anything. But verse 19 says, but Peter and John replied to them, well, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves can't help telling what we've seen and heard. <laughs> and I think those are some things that we need to be remembering in yes. the days ahead. Yes. And, that, and see, this is part of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
It's not, not, we cannot focus on just tongues and think that's what, no, we're thinking about God. We're making room for God to do what he wants to do in my life. I need to be the witness before my friends and the people I work with in such a powerful way that I'm bold in what I'm doing. Not arrogant, not arrogant, but bold. And because, you know, he's king of kings and Lord of lords. And he is coming back. And now Acts chapter 5, we see that uh, they're taking an offering at church. <laughs> they're taking an offering at church. And there's, there's, it's pretty amazing because at that point, they were so filled with God that they, the people who own properties or houses would sell them and bring everything so that everybody would be taken care of. And... There was a guy named Barnabas who sold a plot of land and gave it to the apostles and said, here, let's, let's make this work for everybody. Well, then there was a guy named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. I don't know, but if maybe they were kind of like, well, we want to be up there too. We want people to know we gave some stuff. And so they sold a piece of property, but they both conspired to say, Let's tell them we only sold it for this much, and then they'll think we're given all of it. It'll be, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they lied. But Peter speaks to him because he had a word of knowledge, knowing exactly what's going on. Which a is a of, gift of the Holy Spirit. That's correct. See, you open yourself up to all nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. He wants to use you in spectacular ways that make a difference in somebody's life. I'm not saying you're going to call fire down from heaven, but I'm going to say if you help somebody to become born again, their eternity is forever changed. That's spectacular, isn't it? But anyhow, he has this word of knowledge, and he's going right to it. Again, boldness of Peter. And said, when you sold the property, it was in your power. When you owned it, it was in your power. You know, why'd you tell us this? I mean, and he was even saying that even after you sold us, you didn't have to tell the church you gave all of it. All you had to do was just offer the gift. And then he says, you have not lied to man, but you lied to the Holy Ghost. Ananias drops dead right there. Right during the offering. <laughs> well, three hours later, his wife comes in. And she didn't know what happened. She died too. Because <laughs> Peter wanted to find out. He just was giving her an opportunity to come honest. Give it, come on, be honest. And he says, hey, did you sell the property for this much? Oh, yeah, that's what we did. I hear the footsteps of those who buried your husband coming. And they'll bury you here too. Boom, she drops down dead. Tell me that would not bring the fear of God into the church congregation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's amazing. You've got to understand this, too. What did Peter say? What did Scripture say? You didn't lie to man, but you lied to the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. But down a little further, it says you lied to God. Yeah. Remember? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. And when you're born again, like Pastor Mamie says, the spirit of Jesus comes to dwell on the inside of you. That's, that's the well of living water. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that's the rivers out of your innermost being. Yeah. 
Acts, Acts, Acts 6. Acts 6. I'm, sure, I'm still stuck on just thinking about Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> yeah, that would... Uh, the whole, the, I, what does that tell us? What does that tell us about God and his holiness? And in his desire even for, I, I believe, you know, in getting the early church started. But it's not just for the early church. It's for, uh, it's for us. We are, the church is still growing. But this desire for purity in the church and holiness and to respect God and to just truthfulness. Yes. Um, I, again, I, it's no wonder it says in the book of Acts that some people, help, they honored the people, but they were afraid of them too. Yes. Because you would, you think, I don't know if I want to be a part of that group. If the God that they serve. Oh, there's are... another thing that I want to bring up is it, God was doing such great miracles that Peter's shadow, if yeah. it crossed somebody, they were healed. Uh, and it's like they said that Jerusalem and the surrounding villages heard about it and they were bringing people and laying the sick in the street, hoping that Peter's shadow would come across yeah. them. Yeah. Listen, do you have your expectors on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, unless, unless you actually think and meditate about this, it'll never happen in your life. But if you meditate on this and you start hungering for yes. God, you make yeah. room for him to yeah. own your life like yeah. he does. You're bought with a price. When you yield your life to him to a place, I'll do whatever you ask me, Lord. And he might ask you, well, listen to your mom. She said, clean up your room. <laughs> now Mary you're supposed but to that's true. good preaching <laughs> but it is in those little simple things that we learn to obey yeah. sometimes we're waiting for those big things for God to have us do and he's saying I just want to see if you'll obey in the little yes, things this is really good <laughs> tell the truth here obey here yeah, and, it's really... and it builds those are the things that, that build builds. Yeah. that's perfect it's building our character Amen. Yeah, to be more like Christ. So then we just want to, we want to look at um, Acts chapter 7 is a story. We're, we, we're again recounting of the miracles, the signs and wonders after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's no wonder Jesus said, wait until you receive this power <laughs> before you go out. And then you start turning the pages like, wow, this is, we're talking about power here. And again, it wasn't just for the 12 apostles. Because in Acts chapter 7, yes. it, you know, we see Stephen who uh, in Acts chapter 6, he was appointed. They said, pick out seven men full of faith in the Holy Spirit to help wait on tables. Just to wait on tables. To wait on tables to serve uh, food to the widows and that, so that the apostles could spend more time reading the word and in prayer. And so Stephen was one of these seven men picked out because he was full of faith and, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he began to work signs and wonders. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in the people's midst. Great signs and wonders. And of course, the Jews are getting hold of this. They're jealous, yep. as usual. They arrest him. They bring him in. They, they accuse him falsely. They say, You're, you, you, you've been blaspheming Moses and God. And it's just the opposite. He's, he's bringing worship to God. And, and he uses this as an opportunity. This is what you see also. When they're yes. brought before. They didn't cower. Yeah. The magistrates and people, they use it as an opportunity to actually preach the gospel. And he, he recounts in chapter 7 this amazing history, history of, the, of the Jews. And how God had supernaturally chosen them out, starting with Abraham. 
and Isaac. And he goes through the whole line of people, Jacob, and how the 12 tribes were formed. And then he talks about Joseph, who was sold into slavery and out of, because of his jealous brothers who, who were jealous that his father gave him that coat, Joseph's coat of many colors. And then Moses. Yes, He, he Moses. recounts Moses uh, leading the people out of bondage from Egyptian slavery and then leading them into the wilderness and how God had a plan for them. God had a favored them. God showed them mercy. He was leading them to the promised land. And then, but the people in the, in the wilderness rebelled right. over and over and over again. That's why they spent 40 years in the wilderness. He, he's telling the Jews, God sends you people, you rebel against them. And then he raised up Joshua, he says. Then he raised up yeah. David. He raised up Solomon. And he said, every prophet that, that was sent to you, you resisted, you rejected, you're even killed. And he said, this is what you, exactly what you did now to Jesus, who was the prophet yes. that Moses said would be raised up to deliver the people. And so rather than humble themselves, they're hearing all this. Scripture says they were cut to the heart. Yeah. So, oh, you know, it bothered them. But instead of getting on their knees and repent, they pick up stones and they start to stone Stephen. And they stoned him to death. And Stephen has this supernatural experience where yes. he sees the heavens open. He goes, look, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he cries out, just like Jesus did on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them. You know, have mercy on them because they don't know what mm -hmm. they're doing. Now, that took grace. That took an overflow of the Holy Spirit. Yes. To oh be able gosh. to do what was right. You're trying to help people. And they pick up stones and they stone you to death. And at the very end of your life, you're saying, Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What an image of Christ. Yes. I mean, could any of this be happening, what we're describing, without the power of the Holy Spirit overflowing, yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke. This empowerment, again, is about Jesus's, Jesus himself right. coming to strengthen you to do the works of God. And this, what ha happened then in the book of Acts, there's just more persecution happening. Now we, we're introduced to Saul, who becomes later Paul. the Apostle Paul. Yeah. And so with all this persecution happening, Philip now, in Acts chapter 8, if you turn to Acts chapter 8. And Philip was also waiting on tables. Philip was also waiting on tables. He was not one of the 12. He was listed here as a deacon. It's, chapter 8 starts out with uh, Saul, who again becomes the apostle Paul. But he, it says in verse 3, he shamefully treated the church. Saul hated Christians. He, yeah, he wanted them imprisoned. And so the people are scattering with all this persecution. And Philip, not one, again, one, not one of the 12, is anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he's doing signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, people are amazed at what's happening. Demons are coming out of people. Mm -hmm. Lame people are walking. And there's a story in, in the chapter 8 of Simon, who's a sorcerer, who was well known in that city. And apparently he dazzled the people, it said, with his dark magic. And that's something we need to understand, too, that darkness does carry a power. Yes. And he obviously performed some kind of magic in front of them, so the people were amazed. But when he saw what was happening through Philip, 
he became in greater amazement yes. and wanted the same power. He wanted to be saved, it says in, in verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. There you go, right there. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. So Simon included, Simon sees these miracles. He gives his life to Christ, and he's water baptized. Now, keep going on verse 14 and Yeah, 15. let's read verse 14. It says, now, Pastor Mamie brought this point up. People would like to say, when you're born again, you got everything that you, there is no extra Holy Spirit or anything like that. Okay, now, this is where we're going to see what the Bible says. Okay, we just saw that they believed and were baptized. That baptism they're talking about right there is baptized into Christ because I'm now born again. I'm in part of his body. Simon himself is baptized. He's a believer. It says in the Bible that they believed the name of Jesus. And look at verse 14, it says, And now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So it looks as though they were water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the key is but if they... Something fall, yeah, but it uses the word, yet he hadn't fallen upon them. You don't use those words for born again, <laughs> to be born of the Spirit. It says, and also, if... If, they, if you get everything of the Holy Spirit when you're born again, why did Peter and John come down to lay hands on them so they could receive the Holy Spirit? For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. Okay, so let's These are the keep same reading. Words. And like Pastor Baby says, <laughs> you don't lay your hands on somebody to get born again. Yeah, verse 17, yeah. Okay, then, and then it says right there, going back, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it but, goes back here. Where they, and then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on the apostles' hands, he offered him money. So he saw something. He saw something. Really bad motive. He says here that it, it, he saw something. It doesn't say that they spoke in tongues. However, we understand that the Greek New Testament was written in the common man's Greek language. And Greek language is very picturesque. We have one word for love. I love pizza. I love mammy. I, I oh, love God. hunting. <laughs> oh, but the Greek word has five different words for the definitions of that word, love. But this is what it says here. Look at verse 21. Because does it say that they spoke in tongues? Well, if we take a look at what the Greek meaning of these words is, yes. Verse 21. He's telling Simon the sorcerer, you have no part or portion in this matter. That's the word, matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. That Greek word for matter 
is logos. Logos means a word, a speech, divine utterance. How they ever came up with matter is beyond me. Because that's not even what that word means. So the, in other words, he would say you have no part in this divine, divine utterance. utterance. Which is really what he saw. Because it says he, verse um, 18, when mm -hmm. Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was imparted through the laying on of the apostles' hands. He said, I, yeah. I want this power. I, I'll give you money for this power. And it's interesting how Peter answered him. Again, bold as a lion. Because in verse 23, he said, I see that you're in the gall of bitterness and a bond forged by iniquity. Simon said to him, pray for me, Lord. Pray and beseech the Lord, both of you, that nothing of what you've said may befall me. There's a whole other side, I, I believe, in the teaching of that, of what Simon was involved in and what he still needed to be, have some deliverance from in his heart like often we are the we bible are, declares he was born again he was born again but very often we have had strongholds in our thinking that we've opened ourselves to doors to demonic activity yes that even after salvation you may be troubled yeah these things will still trouble you and they're there we can lay hands on people for the for the demonic to leave for demons to leave we we are anointed to cast out demons and that's another whole teaching that's con controversial in the body of Christ, but not in the early church, not in the early church. And when you look through scripture, you realize uh, they did it and people are troubled. You still see people troubled today. We've yep. had experience with helping mm -hmm. to do that, laying hands on people for the sake of casting out a demon. I heard this yesterday. It was uh, uh, these people who know history and they, they delve into things that. There was a letter written by one uh, Roman official to another Roman official. And he says this. He says, if you keep killing Christians, who's going to cast out the devils? This was in the early church. That yeah. was from the early church. You start reading some of that stuff. And the early fathers wrote. And the history that's there. It's pretty amazing. Even the historian jo Josephus, who was not born again. He's a... He's a a Jewish historian, he even admitted that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. But he wasn't born again. He, he never accepted Christ. Some of this you delve into is like eye-opening. Mm -hmm. It's all eye-opening. Yeah. It's just yeah. proof after proof after proof yeah. about the truth of it all. Yeah. And I believe that God is going to uh, resurrect understanding in his church, as time goes on, as these days out there get darker, the church's light needs to shine brighter. And it's not going to shine brighter and, and be an overcoming church just by self-will. Well, we're just going to do this. No, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God to do it. And so we need to have faith and expectation yes. and desire. Because I say it again, the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He waits. And when you come, ask, seek, and knock, he will give you more of the Holy Spirit. And I, we want to partake of communion before we close today. We, <laughs> we had, can never get through this. We're going to continue on with these stories <laughs> next week, but we do want to partake of communion. Uh, you know, the church was born on the day of Pentecost. 
That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And the, and the promise remains that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, shall be saved. Yes. And communion is for believers. Communion is for people who are in covenant, blood covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if, if you're not sure of that this morning and you want to give your life to Christ, we'll make an invitation for that. Yes. You know, it's one of the things that was spoken about when everybody came rushing to see the man leaping and walking and praising God, one of the first things that Peter was explaining is that Jesus came to this earth so that your sins can be washed away. Your sins can be washed away. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ because he's the way, the truth, and the life, no man goes to the Father except through him. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that your sins are forgiven. And, and why did he come? Why did Jesus come? Scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's right. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And so the, the reason the blood was shed was for his love for you. Yes. His desire to call you home, call you to himself, to show you who you were really meant to be. And so just with every head bowed real quickly and eyes closed, if anyone would like to give their life to Christ this morning, even you who are listening online, you can just do the same thing. It's a simple prayer of faith. This is a, Salvation is a gift. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It's a gift by our loving Heavenly Father through the blood of Christ. Anybody yes. in here? And then we're going to partake of communion. All right, well, let's just distribute the elements. As uh, they distribute the elements, there's a wafer and a little bit of grape juice there. You know, as we talked about things in the, in the book of Acts, it said very often that they would gather in homes together around the apostles' teaching, break bread together, pray together. Fellowship. Fellowship together. And I can only imagine some of the conversation that they must have had, especially after some of these things that they would see. They come back. Did you see what happened? Did you see that lame man healed? Did you see how he cast out that demon? Those blind eyes Those open. blind eyes open. Yeah, yeah. right. Did you see those people speaking in tongues when Paul laid their, his hands on them, or Peter and John? Did you hear the story about how the angel must have come in that prison and opened the doors, and all of a sudden they went from being in chains and then they were standing before the magistrates free? Nobody could figure out how it happened. Did you see how Peter's shadow was healing people? Then I could just I mean, hear, did you see who got saved today? I thought they'd never get saved. Yeah. <laughs> Simon the sorcerer got saved. <laughs> and then they understood, you know, whenever Jesus said, whenever you, you partake of the, in the Last Supper, he said, you know, when you, now we partake of these elements. We put ourselves in remembrance of these yes. things because they understood what that blood did. They understood what the broken body of Jesus did on the cross. That this is how the power of God was released in their lives. It wasn't by anything they did. And so whenever they met together and they fellowshiped together and they took bread, you know, and they broke it, they were like this, Jesus said, when you break the bread, remember that my body was broken for you. 
so that yours could be healed. When he hung on that cross, he was paying the penalty for your sin to make a, a, a way for us to come back to the Father, to yes. be a son or daughter of God. And so we, we take this, we hold this little wafer, but we hold it, Lord, in honor, in honor and holiness before you, God of all glory. We recognize your holiness. We even think about that story of Ananias and Sapphira, the judgment, the, the purity of who you are. We thank you for inviting us into covenant with you, Lord. And so let's break this bread together. Jesus said, break it and eat and remember what I've done for you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus explained the cup. It represents the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood that cleanses us from all of our sin. Cleanses us from all of our sin. The blood represents a covenant, unbreakable covenant. It's a blood covenant. And you're in blood covenant between God the Father and God the Son. We're invited in in this covenant. All the benefits of that covenant are for you. The Bible declares that you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Our expectation of what Jesus did while he walked this earth should be our expectation of how we live our life. But, wait, but let's just for a moment examine ourselves then, just between you and the Lord. Let's just examine our own heart. Because the blood made us worthy. Yes. It has called us to a high calling. And so, Lord, search our heart. Examine our heart and see if there's any wicked way in us, as it says in Psalm 139. Cleanse us. Cleanse us, Lord, and lead us into the way of everlasting. But let us confess our sin. Be cleansed of that sin. Jesus said if we would confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And so we just take a moment. We want to drink of the blood in a worthy manner. Yes. Help us, Holy Spirit, to walk free, to walk in a way that's worthy of you. We thank you for your love and your grace to do that. So let's just partake and drink. Thank you, Father. Worship you, Lord.